Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you've had a good week so far. I'm just going to go ahead and straight up and apologize for taking so long to get this episode done. Um, This is coming out on a Saturday instead of a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. We are really going to start trying to get these episodes out on a Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning so that they're in your box Wednesday mornings. I just got to bear with us. It's been a really busy couple weeks. Uh, We are in the middle of graduation with our service dog, with our Trooping Independence. Uh, So we're going to try to get this done so that you guys have it, and and then we'll put another one out the following week. So this one is going to cover this past week and next week's episode, Um, unless something happens where I'm able to get another one recorded, but we'll see. Uh, Britt's here with me today. Hello. And she's, we're all feeling tired, but we're going to hang in there. We're going to do this. I mean, if we can do it at 10 o'clock on a Monday night, which is what we usually do, we can do Saturday afternoon, evening. With a beer. With a, I got sweet tea. I'm actually just drinking sweet tea. My guilty pleasure. Oh, well. I'll just stick with that for now. Oh, well. I know. So, we are actually going to talk listener questions tonight. So, we have some questions from our listeners. And I want to do a shout out to our listeners and just tell you how much I appreciate you and how much we appreciate you. And we've got some wonderful emails. Um, you guys are loving Brit on here. I am loving having Brit on here. Aren't you excited, Brit? I, I am excited. I'm shocked that anyone would want to hear me talk. <laughs> they love your perspective. No, it's great. They love your perspective because you're not a professional trainer. 
Nope. Not even close. No. No, Mm-mm. you are managerial. Some, and, something like something that. Like, yeah, so, I I mean, I really enjoy having you on here. It's better than just hearing me talk. Nobody wants just to hear me talk. Um, but I do want to, I want to appreciate all those listeners that are listening out there, supporting us on Patreon, uh, those that have reached out and set up Zoom consults. Uh, Cindy, want to give a shout out to you. We talked to you last night. Hey, Cindy. Uh, with your new little rescue pup. It was, I, I love this. I love being able to help everybody. Um, no matter where they are, mm-hmm. and um, that's the whole point, is to help as many people as we can, and really create as many dog speak geeks as we can. So, so if you have a question that you'd like answered on the air, send us an email at podcast at dogspeak one hundred and one dot com or info at dogspeak one hundred and one dot com. Brittany will find it; she'll filter through there and find it somehow for sure. And we'll be trying to do these kind of. Um, listener questions. We'll try to do this maybe once every couple months. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Britt. So let's just jump in there. What uh, what's your what's the first question we have? All right. Well, so the first one um, is someone who has a German Shepherd that is super protective, as German Shepherds sometimes are known to be. Um. So basically, the question was. You know, can the dog be trained to be protective, not necessarily on command, but by intuition? Is that something that a trainer can help them do? So, for instance, if someone comes into the house, it's not necessarily supposed to be there. Is that something that's trained or is that something that is uh, already sort of ingrained into a dog? Or is it both? That's a great question. So... I really think that when you get a breed like a German Shepherd and, the, and they are known to be um, kind of that protective instinct, um, they are part of that kind of herding breed to where they're in charge of protecting, you know, the flock. And I think that you're going to get a lot of natural um, protective instinct coming from that dog. Uh, and, and obviously it's going to depend a lot on what that dog was genetically bred from, you know, if... If those, if they're bred from, you know, dogs that maybe don't have that instinct, then they might just be more of a, you know, I'll bark to let you know someone's here, but really don't have what it takes to back it up. But Mm -hmm. in reality, I don't think that we have to ever really train these dogs to be protective. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've had Roddy's and I always tell Roddy owners that about a year, that natural protective instinct kicks in. What I want people to really realize and recognize is that that protective nature is there. You need to have the ability to control it. So if your dog is barking when someone comes over, if they're okay and you're inviting that person in and they're okay, you need to communicate to the dog. Thanks. Job well done. You can go lay down. You can relax. I've got this. Mm -hmm. I think that's the important part. I don't think we need to have specific commands of, attack or guard or you know I don't think we need that I think that dogs will instinctually take that over and if someone someone comes in and they don't get that information from their client I'm from their client they don't get that information from their uh I almost said customer then (laughs) if they don't get that information from their owner then they're going to continue doing what they feel like they need to do I think dogs just have great instincts and and I think they really know when they need to take care 
mm-hmm. of a situation and when they don't. The problem that you're going to run into is if you do not have control of your dog, then it becomes a dangerous situation. Right. Always have control. Always be able to com- command your dog to go lay down, to back off, to sit and stay. Let them know you have it because you don't want them. They, they need your protection as much as you need theirs, and it's really um, common ground. Mm-hmm. And personally, if someone was coming into my house after they heard my dog barking, I want me and my dog to both run. Yeah. That means they're coming if in the house. If they're that dumb. Yeah. That means they're coming <laughs> or in the determined. house with something that is going to stop that barking. Yeah. That's not going to give the dog a chance. So there you go. Hope that answered that question. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think their biggest thing was, you know, is it appropriate to let my dog alert? And is the dog going to, I think a lot of it, um, especially for me, being here alone because uh, I work from home more often than you do. Um, the dog's letting me know that someone's here. That's fine. But they probably pick up on my body language if I'm uncomfortable oh, yeah. about something. They're, yeah, they're going to totally read that you're not completely sure yeah. about this person or this situation or this scenario. Um, so I do. I think that you you learn to read your dog's body language just like the dog is going to read your body language of when that tension kicks in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's appropriate to let them bark and alert. Um, and honestly, I do think that a lot of people that deal with dogs or, or see dogs in their every kind of almost every day of their job. So let's take like a serviceman. I, I'll give you a quick story. I had a serviceman come to the house, and I was alone, mm-hmm. and um, I, my Roddy, she was intimidating looking, but she's super friendly. She would bark to let me know somebody's there, but her little nub would just go 90 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So I did not want him to see that little nub going 90 miles an hour because I wanted him to be a little on edge mm-hmm. because he had to come all the way into the house and through the house. So I put her on her bed, and I put her in a stay. So when he came in the house, she was already in a downstay. She did not bark from that position, but what she did do is she watched him walk <laughs> back and forth through the house. Never said a word, which is actually, I think, more intimidating than a dog that's barking because every dog barks, right? right? People are used to barking dogs. But you had this Rottweiler just sitting there watching you walk by, knowing her little nub's going 90 miles an hour. She's like, hey, friend. Right. But she's just watching. Why are you not talking to me? I think that was more intimidating for him. (laughs) But I also think that if something happened, she would have jumped up and taken care of that situation. Right. So there you go. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thanks for that question. Yeah. So the next one, um, we've actually had this one in some form in a a couple. Some of these have been, they're sort of repeats. Um, Part of it's from 2020 and part of them are just you know, need to know type of things. Um, we've had a couple of people ask because they have gotten purebred dogs um, and where the breeder has said, you're not allowed to alter this dog until a certain age. And so the dog parents are like, listen, is altering my dog going to change its behavior? Because either this dog is out of control right now. Are are hormones part of this? Um, And then there are people who are like, well, I don't know if I want to actually spay or neuter my dog. Um, But also the dog is out of hand. Should I do it anyway? Um, So, you know, is there a correlation that's noticeable between altering 
and not and not to get into whether you should or not right. not to get into what age you should do it for health reasons like we're not getting into that but do you see a correlation between altering a dog and uh behavior or you know it kind of curbing some crazies yeah so i think that when you have a dog that is intact I think that you're you're definitely going to deal with some behavior that is specific to them being intact. You're going to have behavior that's specific to testosterone um, and, you know, that estrogen and all those hormones that are flying through and the dog's trying to figure out what's going on. And, and I know naturally I'm supposed to be doing something with this, but I don't know what. And, and so I think that you're naturally going to get some behavior change, but it's because of... The, the hormones that are taking place. I don't think that once you alter an animal, you remove those hormones so that you're kind of avoiding some of these behaviors like marking, mm-hmm. like humping everything, like being bitchy around any male dogs that come sniffing the rear end, right? You're going to eliminate a lot of those behaviors without truly changing Um, what the dog truly is. Because I think that what the dog truly is, personality-wise, is there. Mm -hmm. And the hormones is extra. So you're not really going to change your dog's personality when you're altering. What you will do is just help to avoid some of those inappropriate behaviors. Unless you have a dog that is, you know, looking to breed or you're going to breed, then, you know, that's something that you have to be aware of. You're going to have these behavior changes. Your dog may get aggressive towards other males when they're intact. Um, your, your female um, may go up to every dog that she sees and puts her butt in their face because she's intact and she that yeah. is natural what she needs to be doing. But I don't think as far as personality, what their real personality is, is I don't think really based on that being altered or being intact so it's ultimately looking at the at a specific behavior and saying okay is this related to hormones or is this something yeah i need to work on yeah so because there's an actual issue here yeah so i have um you know so like i've i've heard a lot of times when you have an intact dog you know you have an intact male dog if there is a female that's in heat or anywhere it doesn't even be in your household it could just be in, in your neighborhood on mm-hmm. your block they can become aggressive towards other males in the household or other males in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. whether those males are intact or not. So that's that specific behavior to avoid those behaviors. Right. You'll want to, you know, do that, you know, alter your dog. But it doesn't mean just because your dog is aggressive towards other male dogs doesn't mean that he's never going to be able to play with dogs. Because I think once you get those testosterone mm-hmm. kind of, you know, eliminated to a sense, to, you know, to a sense, then I think that he can get back to being just a dog instead of a dog with an agenda. Right. That so, makes sense. Yeah. So it's really case by case. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Awesome. I've seen some dogs that are intact that doesn't, it doesn't, they don't have those issues. You don't have the males that are marking everything. Mm-hmm. You don't have the males that are getting aggressive. You don't have the females that are just real bitchy all the time. Um, it's just, I think you're right. I mean, it's really kind of a case by case. Um, and just understanding that don't, just because you're getting a behavior like, let's say your dog is playing too rough and that dog is playing too rough and happens to be intact. Mm -hmm. That dog playing too rough with other dogs doesn't necessarily, doesn't mean it's happening because the dog is intact. So 
neutering the dog isn't necessarily going to fix that behavior. Yeah, and I mean, we get a lot of, of people um, who have asked, just, in, you know, clients who have asked this, um, but they have a high arousal breed in general. Mm. You know, you got a lab who's go, 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 go. You've got a pit bull, same way. You know, well, I'm, I'm going to get him neutered because I know that'll calm him down. And I have to say, well... It doesn't. <laughs> does it? Doesn't, it? <laughs> yeah. It's Is not going to calm anyone down. You know, it's funny because I think that when people think, oh, well, once we spayed or neutered, she calmed down or he calmed down. Well, no. Typically, by the time you spay and neuter, they're getting at an age where they're going into a different phase. Mm-hmm. So you have a little bit of a calmer behavior, but it's not based on or due to neutering or spaying. It just so happens the time that you're doing it. Right. So keep in mind, that's not... Neutering and, and spaying can help. It's not going to fix things, just so you know. I mean, unless it's the specific behaviors like wanting to mount everything. Gotcha. Thanks for that question. Yeah. Uh, next one, also one I've had a couple of times because COVID babies. Oh, boy. Uh how do you get your dog used to a baby in the house? Yeah, so... And congratulations to y'all. And congratulations, um, all the babies that are being born. So, this one is, you know, really think about your dog when you are having a baby. There's a one, the change is already being made in the household. The mother's changing chemically. The dog is recognizing that. Uh, but... Really, the biggest is I want people to start thinking about what what they want those expectations of their dog to look like once the baby is there. Mm-hmm. Is the baby going to be allowed? Uh, I mean, is the dog going to be allowed in the baby's room? Is the uh, dog going to be allowed to be around while you're feeding or changing the diaper? What do what do these expectations look like? That's the first thing. Know what you want your dog to do before the baby gets here. That's something you need to start with. The other is really. If your dog is a barker at every little thing that happens, your baby's probably going to be fairly used to it because they're hearing it inside the womb, but you may want to go ahead and start nipping that Mm -hmm. and dealing with that. If you have a jumping dog, you're going to want to deal with that. You don't want the dog uh, scratching the baby. Uh, So that's a big one. Um, And then I also really tell people to take and start, if you're going to use baby lotion, go ahead and start using it on a regular basis and make positive associations with that smell. You know, um, smell is such a, a wonderful thing for humans and dogs, and we have a lot of associations with odor. And so if you can use this lotion that you're going to be using on the baby and already start using it and doing positive things while you're feeding, hand feeding, giving treats, loving, then you're going to make it a, a positive association within the dog when this odor is there. Playing baby sounds, um, crying sounds, Uh, those in in making that a positive experience that's important and then once you bring the baby in um, typically maybe sitting the baby up on the table in its car seat allow the dog to come in lots of praise and acknowledgement allow the dog to sniff um, and just give the dog a chance to um, take in this new addition Mm -hmm. and lots of praise lots of acknowledgement lots of rewarding for that and don't shut your dog out when the baby is awake and then try to make up for that when the, when the baby's asleep. We want the dog to see that the baby is a part of life and that the expectations you have for that dog 
um, is the same regardless if the baby is awake or asleep. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, and, and of course, if you really are going to want to try some things is find some playgrounds. Go, uh, find somewhere where there are little kids at uh, a daycare where they're outside playing that you can just go sit in the parking lot and let your dog just listen to these screams. It's not creepy at all to okay, sit well, in the you might parking ask, lot you may want to ask daycare. the daycare, but you know, let the daycare know. Say, hey, is this okay if I just come and sit in the parking lot um, with my dog with the window down just to hear all these kids playing and screaming and making it a positive, fun association. Uh, so it's, you know, get a little creative with it. I've had some people that will actually purchase baby dolls and that, that cry and they'll go ahead and start walking it in the stroller, um, you know, carrying it around the house, feeding, changing diapers and getting the dog used to that. Uh, so there's really a lot of fun things that you can do to get the, the dog ready. Uh, but if you make it as kind of a normal, this is now our new normal and not try to, to overthink it, I think you'll yeah. be just fine. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah. Just exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. Last question. All right. And I feel this one in my soul. Uh-oh. Well, to some degree. Uh-oh. <sighs> the second, the second half of it. I, I totally get. All right. So my dog got kicked out of daycare. Okay. Mine did not. <laughs> our listeners dog got kicked out of daycare. Um, one, how can I get my dog socialized or train it? Is it possible to get my dog back in daycare and socialize with other dogs? So we do get a lot of phone calls where dogs have been going to daycare or even, you know, we've had where people have been going to the dog park for months and all of a sudden the dog is just being aggressive. So a couple of things of that is, one, don't freak out if your dog does get asked to leave daycare. Or if your dog is having some issues at the dog park. We need to first kind of look at the dog and say, okay, what is going on? Could we maybe be asking the dog to go to daycare when it's not had a lot of sleep? You know, if you're putting a dog in daycare on a Monday and you had a full weekend with the dog hiking and going to cafes, your dog is going to be exhausted. So by Monday, they're going to be like, I'm a little too tired to deal with this. Mm -hmm. um, is your dog going to daycare too often? Um, unless a dog is boarding, I recommend only three days a week at the max. So, and that's in between with some rest days in between. Yeah. Uh, the reason I don't mind it going maybe five days a week if it's boarding, because I know the dog is getting rest at night in the kennel, mm -hmm. where I can't guarantee a dog is getting rest at home. So we have to ask, why is the dog getting kicked out? Um, you know, is the dog learning to only play a certain way because he's only playing with a certain few dogs that play exactly like him so that whenever he gets with another dog who doesn't want to play that way, is he adjusting his play? Or is he bullying saying, hey, this is the only way I know how to play. Why aren't you playing this way? So the biggest is making sure we find out why. And, um, and sometimes it can be self-control. Um, but I do find a lot of it is because they're only playing with a small group of dogs that play just like them. So they're not learning how to play with other kids on the block. Gotcha. And, you know, and it's important that these dogs do get an opportunity to play with different dogs of different sizes, play styles, different personalities, communication uh, signals, patience, self-control, because it teaches them to be more versatile when they are interacting. So when we, once we figured out the why, 
then we can make sure we have our foundational skills where one, your dog is um, easily interrupted using a verbal and making sure that we teach the dog some self-control before play happens. And also even learning how to approach a dog appropriately by the use of a leash, uh, where the owner can do a nice curve to teach the dog how to approach properly. Once that happens, then we like to put the dog either at the dog park, play dates with friends, or if the daycare is willing to work with you, start to slowly get them back in there. Um, and then really asking a lot of questions of the daycare. What behavior are we seeing? When is it happening? Is it a specific dog? Is it a specific time of day? Is it a specific you know day of the week that this is happening? Maybe my dog can only play for 45 minutes and every 45 minute needs a 15 minute break. Mm -hmm. And then they can come back out and play another 45 minutes. So getting a lot of answers from the daycare staff is very important. Don't automatically assume you have a bad dog, that it can't socialize, that it's dog aggressive, that it can never play with other dogs again. Not every daycare is set up the same. So some daycares don't handle what we would call yellow collar dogs who can only play with special dogs. Um, or they just want green collar dogs who can play with anybody. Mm -hmm. But even green collar dogs can get to a point where they're frustrated, they're tired, or maybe they don't feel good that day. Maybe they hurt their knee or their, you know, their foot and their paw, but they're not showing you that. So initially, do not freak out. Do not freak out. Ask a lot of questions of your daycare staff. And then reach out to someone who understands dog interaction, understands communication skills, and understands that the foundation is there. And for me, now I'm looking at the breed, mm -hmm. right? So let's take Isabella, because you said it kind of hits your soul here. Well, yeah, because we had the, uh, for me, it's mostly my hang up with the altercation she had at the dog park, which she did not instigate. But now I'm seeing some issues with her around other dogs, reactivity. I know I'm nervous. Yes. And so what, you know, so the altercation that happened with her, you were trying to come into the dog park. Uh, you were in the middle gate section. You opened it up and another dog came into the gate, in the middle of the gate. Yeah. In the middle section. Yeah. And just got right in her face. Yeah. And like pinned her down. It was a tight. And so, of course, she's like. Freaked out. Freaked out. So for her, fighting now, back. any dog that's approaching in a fast way, in a frontal way, she's going to be defensive. Mm -hmm. right? And that's just part of that kind of trauma for her. But on the other end of this is we've seen her be a little bit of a bully. Oh, she totally can but be. But not to all dogs. Some dogs, she's very kind of, you're in charge. I will appease you, whatever I need to do. But then there are some dogs that she goes and bullies. Oh, like in class. Yes, like in class. So class is also traumatizing for me because I'm supposed to have a dog that knows what it's doing, but it is like being an ass to other people's dogs in class. Well, and it's funny. And I'm so embarrassed. Well, and here's <laughs> the thing, because now of that, when we started talking about genetics, we look at the Border Collie being that she is a herding breed this is why they can get themselves in trouble because she is a chaos coordinator. She has to keep everybody in line and they are known as kind of the, you know, fun police. It's that breed needing to have everything in order. So when she's playing and she sees a dog that's playing out of control, 
which is are the ones that she picks on. Yeah. She goes and does inappropriately, tackles them, and growls and acts like a jerk. And bites. Why she's doing it is appropriate in her mind. What we have to do is make sure that that interruption can take place and that she learns that that's not her job in that instance and give her a way to do that somewhere else. Uh, so don't immediately assume your dog can never play with dogs again. There are some dogs that could care less about playing with other dogs, especially when they get to a certain age. But don't freak out. Um, you know, just ask a lot of questions. Um, and then also look back if you're at the dog park and this happens. Look back over the last few months and ask yourself, you know, am I bringing my dog when they're tired? Am I coming and I'm, I'm throwing the ball for them for 45 minutes and then... The last 15 minutes, they get into an altercation. Well, that 45 minutes of playing ball, that is a lot. Mm -hmm. That dog is too tired to play. So you want to ask a lot of questions and don't automatically jump to assumptions and think that your dog is a bad dog and is aggressive with dogs and can't ever play with dogs again. Because, uh, you know, if they like to, to play, we need to give them that opportunity. And they may only have a small group of friends. Nothing wrong with that. And, of course, like I said, your dog could just decide that when they go to the dog park, they'd rather just sniff around anyway, which is still stimulating. So there you go. Hope that answered that question. Yeah. Now that was our last question. And speaking of dog communication. Yes. So. If you are in the Nashville area. Yes. Or you just feel like driving to Franklin, Tennessee one night. We have it June the 25th. That is a Friday night, 630 to 930. Uh, at the farm at Natchez Trace, we are doing a live in-person BYOB Leave Your Dogs at Home communication Ooh. seminar. You can Ooh. sign up through our website, dogspeak101.com. Um, if you're not local, I'm sorry about you. Um, we'll try to, I think what I'm going to try to do is reach out to have somebody maybe record it. Um, the challenge of recording it is the lights are out because I use PowerPoint presentation and a lot of videos. Yeah. So we want to make it good quality for you guys. Uh, and of course, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to doing another one on Zoom. So Now that we have updated equipment. Yes, yeah, so we can hopefully have a better version. Um, and actually, we are going to be doing one online for our Patreon members, which will be free to our Patreon members, uh, that we'll be doing here hopefully in the next month or two. Uh, schedule is a little crazy right now. But we'll be doing that for our Patreon members. So if you're not a Patreon, uh, go and check the Patreon page out at patreon.com slash dogspeak. Uh, we would love to have you support the podcast. And if you can't support financially, not a problem. Just do us a favor and rate wherever you listen to the podcast and share with your friends and family. Uh, we want to get the word out. And we appreciate our listeners from near and far. I love, love, love hearing from people that are not local um, that are sometimes not even in this country, uh, that are reaching out to us. And we are so very grateful. And believe it or not, you um, doing the ratings and, um, and reviewing does help because it helps other people when they search for dog training, positive dog training, then it helps people find our podcast. So please, uh, if you'll do that, I appreciate that so very much. And we really send us your questions and we might answer yours on air. You never know. So send them in if you have them. Keep listening. We really appreciate you guys. And, um, and I know that this one's late for one week and early for another. So just bear with us. We've got some really good ones coming up, though. 
So I'm really excited about some that we have coming up are dealing with the grief that we had scheduled. So that's got to be put back on the schedule. So look for that hopefully in the next four to six weeks. Um, that will be out there. But we do have some really good ones coming up uh, for you guys. And again, love you. Appreciate you, Brett. Thanks for putting the questions together. Thanks for answering our, um, you know, our, our listeners when they email and for taking care of all of that and for just taking the time to to share this with me. We don't get a lot of time together. <laughs> so the beer, the beer does it for her. See the beer, wine, bourbon. She is on beer tonight. So I think I am going to go grab myself a glass of wine, go sit in the hammock and chill until we got to be back at, uh, at work tomorrow morning. At work tomorrow morning. So guys, <clears throat> excuse me, I hope you all have a wonderful week and I hope to hear from you soon.